NBC Sports Radio, AM 1060, KDUS Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. You're listening to the Casual Sports Show on NBC Sports Radio, AM 1060. The show exclusively known as the voice of the Arizona Cardinals fan club, The Bird Gang. Now with your host, Earl Burnett, a.k.a. Casual E. Bird Gang on three. One, two, three. Bird Gang. To join the conversation, dial 602-260-1060. Welcome back into the Casual House Bird Gang, and I hope I didn't hurt anybody out there on the road trying to get in here on time but i got here on time and i know i was doing way past the speed limit so uh we made it in (laughs) welcome back into the the casual house and this is the show that will give you bird gang the voice to be heard you can call in or you can Hit us up on any of our avenues on social media. You got a Bird Gang event that you want the Bird Gang to get out and you want it to get to all the Bird Gang, this is the place, Bird Gang. This is it. You got a tailgate party? How about a planned road trip? We got one more road game, a couple more road games to go to, including that one up in Seattle. I know we're going to get a lot of fans going out to that. Maybe you got some Bird Gang and some Cardinal merchandise for sale at one of your stores. Or maybe you got... You want tickets to a game or you want to sell tickets for the game this is the place to get the bird game to come out and participate how about you got a decked out cardinal ride that's going all over the all over arizona they're popping up left and right this is the place to get it all out to the bird gang family bird gang so our avenues of course on social media casual sports and earl burnett or you can hit us up at casual underscore e on twitter or you can post some comments on the website to one of the articles we have up there at the website at www.casualsports.com and whichever avenue that you choose remember to hashtag your bird gang club so that we know to give you the props right here on these airways for the bird gang huddle again you don't have a again if you don't have a bird gang club go ahead and join one these guys love to add members to the clubs and you don't want to be a part of the club and you can make up your own or you can stay independent. It doesn't matter to me. You know the same. We are all uh, rooting on the same team. So that makes us all Bird Gang rooting on the Cardinals. So what we got on tap for the show today is the Bird Gang huddle up and highlights from a casual point of view from a good win that we got on Sunday along with the casualties report and the keys to the win on Sunday against the Titans and Cardinals talk. And we got some changes that uh, we going to talk about some changes that need to be made going forward for next season. And of course, a look at if we can get to that, a look at next week's matchup against the Kirk Cousins led Washington Redskins. So before we do that, we got a lot of Bird Gang news to get to. So we're going to go ahead and jump into the Bird Gang huddle and see which Bird Gang clubs represented in the casual house this week. So let's go ahead and huddle up. 
Okay, Bird Gang Club, it's time to get in the Bird Gang huddle. Give me some protection right here now. We got a touchdown. Bird Gang on three. One, two, three. Bird Gang. All right, Bird Gang, it's been a long week, but we got a lot of things to get to. The Bird Gang fan, Lynn Jackson, again, called out the Bird Gang to come out to a charity event and gave tickets to a basketball game, to a Suns game, again. Bird Gang, this has been going on all season, and it looks like it's going to be every home game. Thank you, Lynn, for reaching out to the Bird Gang for us to go out to see the Suns play, and we give you the props for letting the Bird Gang know what's going on. Thanks, Lynn. We, we appreciate that. Then we got the Bird Gang Nation hashtag Red Sea Rising again. Dino Pena is having that holiday contest. It's going on right now. It's going on through December 10th. Go to Dino Pena on Facebook and make sure you answer the three questions to enter and the winners will be announced on December 6th, um, excuse me, December 10th at 6 p.m. Go to Dino Pena on Facebook. Then we got, check this out, Bird Gang. This is so awesome. The Bird Gang family, this is awesome. The, the news about Danny Boy went down, the DJ that passed away from cancer, of cancer recently. If you didn't get a chance to pay your respects at a funeral, you got a chance now to go pay some respects. He's got a sign up in South Phoenix at the corner of 7th Avenue and Rogier. That is so awesome. Rest in peace, Danny Boy. Then we got the Bird Gang news. The Bird Gang, are you looking to get fit for a New Year's resolution? Well, here's what you can do. Go to camp. Yeah, Camp Transformation Centers of Phoenix. This is the best part about it, Bird Gang, is that it's free six weeks transformation challenge to get you in shape. The center is looking for 30 of local, 30 local men and women to participate. The first 30 get in free, of course, and also, also are allowed to bring a friend to join the challenge with them. That is so cool. For more information, go to www.thecamptc.com. Again, www.thecamptc.com. Then we got the Bird Gang family grand opening to their second of their two bars is opening up the Aquila Hideaway Bar, a new opening going up in Buckeye, Arizona. They have shows and great drinks and food and great celebration parties. Hey, they even have a divorce people celebration night. How's that? You, you want to go out and celebrate getting rid of that old nightmare of a marriage? That's where you want to go. Go to Aquila's Hideout Bar. Their hours are from 9 p.m. to 2.30 a.m. daily. Go check them out, Bird Gang. We also got the AZ Bird Gang fan. My boy, Valentin Flores, is letting all the Bird Gang know this event coming up next week is the last event for the season. And we're gonna, he's going to be getting ready for the next season with his, his Bird Gang club going exclusive. Keep your eyes open for the details, Bird Gang. I'm pretty sure you can look him up. AZ, Bird Gang fam, Valentin Flores. He will be happy to have you in his club. And finally, a shout out again to Tonia Robinson from the organization Divas with Purpose, the organization that is providing the tickets to the Suns game. And she has doing so many things in the community and allowing the Bird Gang to come in and get free tickets to each home game. Bird Gang, keep your ears open and look on Facebook 
at Lynn Jackson's Pelt Post when they go up for Tania and Friends, the star of Tania and Friends, AZTV's Tonia Robinson. She is the one that's providing those tickets for that event, Bird Gang. And thank you for participating in that as well. And those are all the clubs that represented this week in the casual house. And we're going to go ahead and break this huddle and keep this show a rolling. That was a lot. Um, Props uh, definitely want to give a thanks again to Tonia Robinson. She continues to provide those tickets to uh, somehow to each home game of the Suns. Um, Lynn Jackson is working with her and he is putting it out on the Facebook page on his own Facebook page. When that event is going off, when it's going on, uh, Lynn kind of puts it out, I guess the same day of the event, because that's the only time she's able to get the event for the same day. So that's why it's a, like a last minute type last minute type thing that you want to do. You know, she does it at her, um, for her charity. So it's a pretty cool, pretty cool thing. I've already attended one, but I want to get her in the casual house because she has a really, really good story that I know that everybody would love to hear. And so uh, we're going to go ahead and get ready for our next segment coming up. And you are listening to the Casual Sports Show on 1060 AM NBC Sports Radio. We'll be right back. We're going to take a little break, but we'll be back in a while. So uh, don't nobody go nowhere. Hey, sports fans, this is The Rooster. The Sports Zoo has a new time slot five days a week from 5 to 6 p.m. with a bonus hour on Tuesday and Wednesday here on NBC Sports Radio AM 1060. It's now time to jump back into the action with Earl Burnett, a.k.a. Casual E, on the Casual Sports Show on NBC Sports Radio AM 1060. To be a part of the show, call and interact at 602-260-1060. Welcome back into the casual house. If you want to be part of the show, go ahead and uh, get on Facebook and give us some comments. Look us up on uh, Facebook at Casual Sports or Earl Burnett. Really good game went down on Sunday. And uh, we're going to go ahead and get into these highlights here and see how it went down from a casual point of view. Ready for this? Now time for the Redbirds highlights of the week. Cardinals are playing for pride and playing to protect the nest from its first two in a row loss in five years. Cardinals defense was up for the task and they would be up for it from start to finish. Redbirds lead the league in forced three and outs and fitting the Titans' first possession was a quick three and out. Both defenses traded punts in the first quarter as neither offense was able to sustain a drive. Although no scoring in the first quarter, the Cards' defense made it clear that they were not going to allow Marcus Mariota to run on them as Antoine Bethay blasted the young signal caller on the scramble and that set the tone of keeping him in the pocket all day. The first quarter ended 0-0. Second quarter would start with the Titans. They got some help again from the Cardinals' troubles on special teams. 
the punter, Andy Lee, would hit a 33-yard punt that would give the Titans the ball at midfield, setting up the game's first drive. After the Titans, on three, on only on two of their three third-down conversions, Titans get up on the goal line and set up the run by Derrick Henry, who stretched to the pylon and got the touchdown and gave the Titans the lead seven to nothing. Only able to muster up 64 yards of total offense in the first half, the Cardinals running the two-minute drill, tried to score before the half, but the miscues start to mount up. Gabbert missed Fitzgerald down the sideline, and on third and six, Ricky Seals-Jones let one get through his hands. The Redbirds have only scored 10 points in the final two minutes of a half this whole season, and that didn't help their cause as they go to the locker room down seven to nothing at the half. Then the third quarter would come around and the Cardinals drive the ball down the field and Larry Fitzgerald would get another milestone accomplished. Scabbard over the middle, caught by Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald inside the 25. There's now only two players who have four receiving yards in NFL history. Jerry Rice, Terrell Owens, as Fitzgerald has passed Randy Moss. Randy Moss, he broke his passing record. And now Fitz is third on the all-time list for yards and receptions. Gabbard being, uh, Gabbard got sacked on the next drive twice, and that would set up Phil Dawson for a 47-yard field goal to bring the Carts to get on board, 7-3. to three. This quarter was a tale of two defenses battling it out, forcing punts and field goals, and the Cardinals would add another field goal and pull to seven to six. Then the fourth quarter would come around more of the defenses and the red zones woes continue for the Redbirds as they got into the red zone three times and were turned away by the Titans defense. And the Titans did not allow them to score touchdowns, but the Cardinals did not allow the Titans to score any more points. As the defense did mass must masterful job against the run and did not allow Murray and Henry to get off on them. Titans try one last gaffs to get an advantage and they went for a fake punt on fourth and one. After a great Bruce Arians challenge, the Cardinals take over on downs and Josh Bynes and company forced to stop and that would put the scoring for Tennessee to bed and the Carters would get two more field goals and lead it 12 to seven. Then the Cardinals defense and particularly Josh Bynes again puts the finishing touches on the game, forcing Marcus Mariota to beat them. Play fake. Mariota with time. Intercepted by Bynes. Bynes on the return at the 25. And Bynes knocked down inside the 20. Cardinals defense limits the Titans offense to 224 yards of total offense the entire day and would get the win on the foot of four Phil Dawson field goals and your final score is 12 to seven. 
Cardinals have not lost two games in a row at home since Bruce Arians has been coach. The flip side of that, they haven't won two games in a row this whole season. Let's see if they can change that going into Washington next week. And that is your highlights from a casual point of view. Going to go ahead and hit into the casualties report. It's now time for the casualties report. All right. Just found out today that Bruce Arians has said that Jared Valdir went, um, got a, had a cracked or a fractured ankle and has now been placed on IR. And now the offensive line is being shuffled again because another of the offensive line that was already shuffled, Earl Watford, suffered a high ankle sprain, and his timetable is not determined yet. So Cardinals are going to shake up this offensive line again. And not to mention they already gave up eight sacks, but now we have to shuffle it again, and Gabbert has got to run for his life even more so. Um, but looking forward to next week, I think we can get Adrian Peterson back and maybe John Brown will be back for the offense. But um, those are two devastating injuries and the injuries continue to mount up for the Cardinals for this season has been something else, a mash unit pretty much. But the Cardinals have won six games and three of those games are against the AFC South. They should have swept it beating the Texans earlier, but they didn't. So three out of the four games, they beat the AFC South this year. And overall, Bruce Arians is 6-1 and one as the Cardinals coach against the AFC South. So that's a good tidbit of news for you right there. Um, I don't know if that speaks to the Cardinals' dominance or does that, does that speak to the AFC South not being as strong as we think they are. But uh, they haven't lost two games in a row and Coach Bruce Arians reiterated that in his press conference after the game. Here's B.A. I know what everybody's going to say. It's an ugly win. There's no damn thing. No such thing. Um, couldn't be prouder of the character of the men in that locker room. We've never lost two in a row at home in five years. And very seldom have we ever lost two in a row because of the character that's in that room. Can't say enough about the defense. Um, Offensively, we left a lot of plays out there on the field today. and um, But we made enough to win the game. Okay. So, B.A. said it was an ugly. He said, don't, don't call it an ugly win. There's no such thing as an ugly win, but <laughs> we all saw the game. I mean, there are in our in my eyes, there is a such thing as an ugly win, but those are good wins to me because it's like you find a way to win, and I look at it like that rather than just calling it, "Hey, that was an ugly way to win because we didn't do everything we wanted to do." Blah blah blah, the whole cliches type thing. But I think that it's a good win to win ugly because that shows you character on the team. That shows, like he said in his in his presser, the character of that team came through, and I I, I like that going forward, and hopefully that can spill over to next week on the road because they have their woes on the road in early games, which we have next week. And hopefully that can uh, spill over to that game. 
but a lot of inf- a lot of uh, tidbits to get to in this game. Um, uh, we're gonna look at a few things coming up. I wanna I wanna I wanna look at Larry Fitzgerald's uh, records that he broke this whole entire season, and we're gonna get into that a little later. But um, the defense really, 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 really showed up and and pretty much pretty much played this game and won the game for the Cardinals because they set the offense up to score, but the offense couldn't score touchdowns, but we got field goals. And they also stopped the Titans offense from scoring after that touchdown they scored. So kudos to the defense. And we are going to get a little deeper in the defense on the next segment as well, as well. But good job by the defense. They showed up with the, with a heart that was not going to allow someone to come into university of Phoenix stadium and and uh, beat the Cardinals two times in a row there. So uh, I want to look at also, too, on Facebook during the week. I got a lot of flack on Facebook for my comments on Patrick Peterson's friendliness in a game time, in a game time uh, setting. I wanted to clear that up because a lot of people took me the wrong way. They're, they thought I was saying that he shouldn't be being friendly at all after a game or before a game. But that's not what I was talking about. All I was saying is that during a game, while the game is being played, the game faces should be on and buddy, 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 buddy should be put to the side till after the game. And that's all I was just saying there. But we got a lot of people on that on that uh, post Almost 90 people responded about that post. A lot of people were upset and other people understood, but I just want to let it be known to those who didn't understand. It's about being a warrior on the field while you're playing for your brothers. You help them up. You, 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 you dab them up. You, you encourage them because you're the leader. Get them involved and get them hyped up. Don't do it to the other team. But that's, that's what I was talking about. So we'll, we'll let that rest until the next thing comes up. I'm pretty sure I'm going to keep hearing about it. But you're listening to the Casual Sports Show, 1060 AM, NBC Sports Radio. You hit us up on Facebook at Earl Burnett or at Casual Sports. And we're going to go ahead and take another quick break here, and we, we will be right back. For all the latest on the Cardinals, Coyotes, D-backs, Suns, ASU, and the U of A, visit NBCSports1060.com. We now return to the Casual Sports Show on NBC Sports Radio AM 1060 with your host, Casual E. All right, Bird Gang. Had a little technical difficulty there, so, but everything's all good. Um... Okay, we got a lot to get to about this game. Um, uh, key word, of course, being defense, defense, defense. No doubt the defense showed up to play. And um, uh, they held the Titans' running game, which was supposed to be the Titans' bread and butter coming into the game. We said last week that we knew for sure that it was going to be run the ball and stop the run. And again, the Cardinals accomplished that, and they held the run game of the Titans to 22 carries and 65 yards total, and that's between Murray, Henry, and Mariota. So that's a great job by 
the Cardinal defense, especially the Mariota part, they not they did they, they did not let let him get off. And like I said in the highlight, Antoine Bethea made sure that he wasn't going to run anymore. He made him think twice to run when he blasted him on that play, kind of spinned him around into like a tie knot. And uh, Mariota was not the same the rest of the games, and he the rest of the game he didn't want to run after that. So, um. They forced Mariota to beat them. So they took away the running game and forced Mariota to be a pocket passer. And I don't know why all this time I thought he was better than this. I thought he was progressing to be one of the better up-and-coming quarterbacks. But from what I saw, when they forced him not to, when they forced him to be one-dimensional where he had to stay in the pocket and he couldn't run, all of his flaws came out as far as what, you know, pocket presence, uh, accuracy all these things just kind of I don't know disappeared it's like he 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 wasn't I don't know if he was himself or not I don't know what was going on but the Cardinal defense made it tough on him and uh we compared him last week to Blaine Gabbard and looking at the two quarterbacks Gabbard looks a whole lot better so when you talk about starting quarterbacks again for the third week in a row again Gabbard for to me is a starting quarterback in this league Maybe, again, not your top 10, but definitely, definitely, definitely better than these quarterbacks in the NFC, AFC South. Um, but um, that was pretty, really interesting to see Mariota just get looked that way. He looked really bad. And I know a lot of the defense had a lot to do with that, especially taking a big hit like that early. And then, of course, uh, James Betcher, Betcher dialing up blitzes left and right. And... uh Dick LeBeau did the same thing all day, too, to Blaine Gabbard. So, but uh, Mariota was really shaking, so he couldn't get anything uh, going. He had he was only 16-31 for 159 yards and two interceptions with a quarterback rating of 39.6, and he had only 11 yards rushing. So the, the, the uh, Bethea hit set the tone for him staying in the pocket, and that – help the defense be able to tee off on him the rest of the game. The defense also tackled very well. This is like one of the best games I've seen them tackle in a long time. They tackled really well and um, made it really hard on Mariota as well, too. So when he did get loose, they, they, they tackled him fast. They did a lot of good tackling to stop first downs, too. So uh, if I had to pick players for this game on on the defensive end I mean I would say the whole entire defense of course but uh certain players really stand out more than others and two players stood out in this game to me of course Chandler Jones and Tremont Williams really really stand it out stood out I mean he really stood out big time where you saw there are no problems over there at the other side, the cornerback opposite Patrick Peterson. There, there's no problem over there. This guy has shored that position up, and he is playing excellent football right now. He was amazing. He had one good pick that stopped a momentum drive, and he also had uh, excellent on the deep ball, breaking up passes. So he breaking on balls. I mean, he was he was he was amazing. And so if they're gonna throw. If they're not gonna throw at Patrick Peterson, then they gotta worry about throwing it to this guy's area because he's not no he's not no he's not uh easy to throw on either. And this guy's is a, he has he has a lot of swag when he plays the game. 
and he he's a veteran, so he knows how to be around that ball. He's got good instincts, and he's playing uh, he's playing lights out right now. Buda Baker also had the hardest task on the defense, uh, trying to stay with uh, Delaney Walker all day. Delaney got a few good uh, routes on him, but for the most part, Buda was there, made tackles when he had to make tackles, and broke up a few play uh, pass plays to Delaney Walker too. So. Kudos to Buda Baker for having the hardest task and being able to keep that from not uh, allowing the Titans to dominate us in the tight end game, which sometimes most teams do. Carlos Dansby led us with tackles with nine. Um, The defense only gave up uh, the longest play of the game, 29 yards when Mariota hit Decker on a crossing route, and that was against Patrick Peterson. And that play, by the way, probably wouldn't have been 29 yards. It probably could have been about 15 or less had Patrick Peterson not quit on the play. Well, not quit, but stopped in the middle of the play, looked back to complain to a ref about something, didn't start running after Decker. I was like, that was really awkward, but uh, you got to keep your focus out there. Tackle him first, then go complain. Um, but that could have been um, – a 15-yard game rather than 29, but that's not – I mean, every team's going to have some plays on you, but for the most part, the Cardinal defense just was like a, a blanket covering everything that the Titans were doing. Um, They were sound on, on penalty-wise. They For penalties, they were really sound. They, they only had five penalties for 30 yards, and the defense got them off the field on third down all night. I mean, they forced – out of 12 possessions, six punts, two turnovers on downs, a missed field goal, gave up a touchdown, and then two picks. So they did a, a really good job uh, limiting uh, the Titans' offense. Uh, the Cardinals themselves also didn't do as well on third down. Titans' defense didn't play that bad either. I mean, they held us in the red zone uh, pretty good, but – uh, we were 21%, three out of 14 on third down, and they were 4-12 for 33%. So a defensive battle like we thought it would be. Defense, Cardinals defense did a, a really masterful job, and I'm hoping this is the springboard to what's coming and continue to come on a consistent basis. And then you got to give props to the man that's leading in sacks in the NFL, the ghost rider himself, Chandler Jones. I mean, this guy is playing with a reckless abandon that is, like, unbelievable right now. Now uh, you kind of look back at that trade or, or not being able to sign both him and Calais, and you have to make a choice between Calais Campbell and Chandler Jones. Either one would have been a good choice, but I think this one was the better choice. Uh, 14 sacks. He's leading the leading the NFL and continue with three more games to go. I think he's gonna. He's been adding a sack almost a game per game. So he, if he adds a multiple sack here or there, he might end up with the record and break uh, Strahan's record. But let's see. Let's we'll see what happens. But he has definitely been a monster and he's been hard to deal with. So kudos to the whole entire defense. Um, and I know we've been hard also on coaches and I got to give props to James Betcher too because he he did a good job um dialing up the blitzes at the right time and dialing up the uh, uh the defensive plays at the perfect time to set up to set up um to getting the uh, Titans off the field on third down so that was a pretty good 
pretty good uh, outing for the coaching staff as well. So let's give props to him. Uh, the next thing we're going to look at is Blaine Gabbert's performance. And anytime you don't turn the ball over in any outing, it's a pretty good efficient day. So 17 of 26 for 178 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. And remember, he's had interceptions in every game up until this game. So he's he didn't have an interception. He had a quarterback rating of 85.1. But he missed he missed a lot of plays in that game that could have been touchdowns. Three to to my knowledge. Uh Fitzgerald, he missed uh wide open in the end zone. And he also missed Jerron Brown down the seam route in the middle. And perhaps he could have uh, misfits again on the sideline down the sideline for a touchdown. Those could have been touchdowns. So this could have been a, a blowout game had we capitalized on those on those uh, opportunities. But other than that, he battled uh, the first half, 7 of 14, not so good, uh, inaccurate, throwing really high on mostly everything. And uh, But then the second half, he came back showing resilience, and it was 10 of 12. And uh, here's Blaine Gabbert on his, uh, what he thought on the performance. You know, you never know how games are going to develop. Um, and it was just one of those back-and-forth games. Um, but I will say the biggest thing is we fought, we clawed, we made plays when we had to, albeit you want to have touchdowns in the red zone, but um, some key field goals helped us in that game. But... Our defense did a tremendous job giving us short fields at the end of the game, creating those turnovers, and that was a huge um, reason that we won this game. Like I said, we got to score touchdowns in the red zone because those are it's a huge difference between seven and three in those situations. Yeah, making making his first read when Dick LeBeau had him really rocking in the pocket. I mean, Rocky in the pocket. I mean, he was really watching his legs and watching the, the rush. I mean, the whole first half, he was really had his eyes on the rush. He would make his first read, and if his first read wasn't there, his head automatically dropped and looked down at the rush. But then he started to get his confidence back and started to keep his eyes downfield. So Dick LeBeau's blitzing schemes had him a little bit shaken. And then he took a big hit, of course, and got the breath knocked out of him and then got back up from that. So these are all things that he had to overcome, and he did a pretty good job at overcoming these this adversity. He got sacked eight times, hit repeatedly. He got sacked eight times, and you can't put that all on the offensive line. And you can tell some of those sacks, I would say at least three to four of those sacks, he did not want to turn the ball over. And you can tell he was really conscious of not turning the ball over, so he held it and took the sack. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's that's not bad, but in this game, he held it. And took that beating. And so you got to give him props for taking a beating like that for eight sacks and still get back up. And still finish the game with the, in the second half with a better efficient with better efficiency in a completion uh in his completion um stats. And also at the same time, he did a good job of of moving the ball, but we just couldn't get the red zone scoring. But other than that, he he still Valuable. He's still a good quarterback. He's still a our starter. He's still the starter as of now, and I think he should stay the starter. And we're going to talk a little later about 
next year, but overall, an okay performance. And it's okay because he did not turn the ball over. So you got to give him that. And then we got a little bit more thing, a, a, a few more things here. That one thing that really, 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 really got my attention in that game is, of course, the red zone play calling. Now the defensive coaching did a good job. Offensively, our play calling is still a little bit suspect to me. We get in the red zone or getting to scoring position five times. I mean. We're dead last in red zone scoring in the league right now. And so our play calling has to have a lot to do with this. And I don't see why we continue to do the same predictable stuff in the red zone. I'm, uh, we're going to get back to that, and I, I, I want to talk about that because it's a lot. <laughs> uh, B.A., I know he's, he's a good coach, and but we got to start doing some things different in the red zone because we are really predictable, and you can tell teams know exactly what we're going to do. But you're listening to the Casual Sports Show here on 1060 AM, NBC Sports Radio. We're going to go ahead and take a break, but you, you want to keep in, uh, keep in tabs of the show and be a part of the show, hit us up on Facebook, Earl Burnett and Casual Sports, or on Twitter at Casual underscore E. Or, of course, you can go to the website at www.casualsports.com. Start your game day off right with First Row 60, Saturday mornings at 7, as the guys put you in the first row of sports, only on NBC Sports Radio, AM 1060. It's time to get back in the action with your host, Earl Burnett, a.k.a. Casual E, on the Casual Sports Show on NBC Sports Radio, AM 1060. If you'd like to join the show, give us a call, 602-260-1060. All right. Wanted to get back to that uh, red zone play calling. And one hour to do a show is just not enough time. So we got to kind of squeeze this all in. But want to get a look at the upcoming matchup against the Redskins probably uh, real quick later. But back to that red zone, red zone, uh, our red zone play calling issues I looked at every one of those possessions that we should have scored touchdowns on the one the first attempt where we got the ball down close to the red zone I think it was a little bit outside the 30 yard line then we took two sacks that pushed us back and we got the 47 yard field goal so the play calling doesn't come into effect there but the uh protection comes into play there because the backs are too small uh Foster and and Curran Williams got run over <laughs> by whoever was coming off the edge. So, but we took two sacks there. Then the second attempt that we had in the red zone, right after the fake uh, punt, we get the momentum. We're going down to try and really, really get a grasp of this game. And on third and one. We run the ball to Kerwin Williams on the goal line, one yard. We hand the ball to a 5'8", 
a hundred and something pounds soaking wet on the goal line with a nine man box. I I'm looking at the game and I'm screaming at the TV. What is that? And you can see Bruce Arians reaction after it. Like, darn it. And it's like, what was the play call? I mean, where is Elijah Penny at in goal line? At least, you know, he got, he has an opportunity to at least put his head down and bruise his way through and push somebody. Kerwin's going to go in there and bounce right off the wall, which is what happened. And don't get me wrong, he's doing a good job of running through the tackles, but on the goal line, no way. So that's bad play calling there. And don't get me wrong, I'm not bashing the team. I'm just looking at the same things that continue to, to get us when we get opportunities to blow teams out. This game should have been like at least 31 to 7, at least. But uh, the third opportunity we had, we, we, we checked down to, John, to Jerron Brown, didn't give Larry Fitzgerald an opportunity in that, uh, in that, um, oper- on that drive coming down on, on, in the goal line at the, what, say, seven or eight-yard line. We throw to Jerron Brown rather than giving Fitz an opportunity on a, on a jump ball maybe, slant, like he's been doing all season long. And then the best one all, all night when we did execute, We call the timeout. We're in the red zone. We call the timeout on a third and six. Perfect play got put in. Good job by the coaching staff. And then Blaine Gabbert overthrows Fitz, and we don't get the execution. We don't get the points. We get the three points. And this is this is and then we and then we miss the field goal. So it's like ongoing shooting ourselves in the foot. If he if he throws that ball with a little bit of air under it, Fitz can get to it. That's a touchdown. And then the fifth time we get into the red zone, after the big Josh Bynes interception, we're going to put this game away. Let's score this touchdown and and put this team away. The play calling on first down. We run the ball. Okay, that's a good play. Then we take a sack trying to throw the ball on second down. On third down, we call another timeout and come out of a timeout, and we run a screen play on the goal line. I mean, I mean, on an 11 or 12-yard line, a screen play. The Cardinals do not execute screen plays. They always have an issue with, with the exception of one to uh, Gresham maybe a couple of weeks ago against Jacksonville. But a screen. I'm yelling at the TV like, okay, wait a minute. When are we going to start utilizing Blaine Gabbard as a runner, as a design runner, rather than a scrambler running? but as a design runner in our offense to give the offense another element that the defense has to pay attention to. And we're too predictable, a screen and as though nobody's going to be waiting for that. That was a bad call to me. Uh, but to be honest, we should have just run the ball to Elijah Penny all three downs on that possession and run some clock. Cause that was only four minutes left in the game, but yet, we're throwing the ball. We're stopping the clock. And it's like, wow, what are we doing? It's like we just shoot ourselves in the foot. But, I mean, overall, there's a lot we can nitpick over, I'm sure. But I wanted to see them blow this team out and really give some, make some people's eyes look at, okay, Gabbert is, hey, he, he could be the next starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. And the Cardinals may have a chance for playoffs. And, you know, you still start hearing that talk. But – I mean, I know, I know Gabbard didn't want to 
uh, turn the ball over. I know Bruce Arians learning his lesson from going forward on fourth down and doing certain things, but we have to do a little, a better job at red zone efficiency. We are dead last in red zone scoring touchdowns in the league. So, but what, what better play call on the one yard line to utilize your quarterback, spread them out and utilize Gabbard's running ability, right up running ability, right up the middle. I mean, what, what better play to run? Maybe, maybe it's just me. I'm not a coach, but man, I'm just, I, I'm just thinking like, okay, maybe we can do a little better on that. But, uh, for the most part, our running game again, Kerwin Williams did a good job. 20 carries, 73 yards. His longest run, 18 yards, and he was still running through the tackles. But I was screaming at the TV when Elijah Penny came in the game the first time. He's in the fourth quarter. He gets the ball, his first carry, eight yards, rumbles. I'm like, oh, yeah, here we go. We're going to hand it to the bruiser the rest of this game. And they kept taking him out. And I'm going, where's Penny at? Where's Penny at? He should be eating this defense alive because they were tired. And Kerwin couldn't blast through there like Penny could blast through there. So maybe perhaps we can change that up make Penny or, of course, hopefully when AP comes back, he can do that uh, job of putting a game away. But I thought I thought Penny should have been able to put that game away. But he didn't. And he didn't get the opportunity because they kept moving and pulling him out. We kept throwing the ball and we kept doing different things. But that's all part of the game, and that's part of how Bruce Arians runs his offense, and that's okay. But, I mean, I would have loved to see Elijah Penny just in that game, like six, seven carries, you know, in a row, just just pound it down their throat and finish them. But uh, Curry did a good job, though. I mean, what he lacks in stature, he makes up in all grit and heart. So I'm not downing what he's doing in the game. He's doing a great job at running the ball and mainly, uh, surprisingly, through the tackles. So we just got to do a better job a little bit at play calling. But let me go ahead and get into Fitzgerald's real quick, uh, his milestone. He had, of course, another record broken. He passed Randy Moss on the all-time reception yards list in standings. He has it now at 15,311. And passing T.O., who stands at 15,934. And, of course, Jerry Rice is in orbit in 22,895. I don't think anybody's going to catch that unless they play 20 years. But we're going to go ahead and skip the Fitzgerald uh, after the game and go straight directly to his future. He didn't sound like he wanted to play as long as Jerry Rice did. Listen to Fitz on this. It's been a fun ride, and and I, and I hope it doesn't, you know, um, you know, come to an end right now. Just some some more things I want to do. Um, you know, we got three games left, and it'll be wonderful to win those next three, and um, you know, finish the season on a strong on a strong note. Terrell Owens is next on the list. Do you plan on catching him? I don't know. I don't know. That would require me to play another year. I think. I hope to catch him this year. You know. <laughs> Man. I don't know about you. That sounds like a man ready to check out. Come on, Fitzy. You sign that contract. Give us one more year. And, of course, if he does that, he'll surpass T.O. for sure. But we would love to have him back, I'm pretty sure. But the way that interview sounded, it sounded like that's a man that's packing it in, saying, I've had enough. Or perhaps he's waiting to see what this team is going to do for next year. If they can set it all up great for him, and it looks like we got a good run, we're bringing all that IR, all the IR people back, and we got a good team together. 
then I'm pretty sure he'll make that decision and stay. But oh, that, when I heard that interview, I was really bummed when I heard it. But uh, like I said before, I'm waiting to hear him say I'm coming back. But you're listening to the Casual Sports NBC Show. 